Welcome to episode 1571 of the Multifamily Collective. I wanted to, uh, on the heels of a, what was a fantastic presentation, really uh, put together by, I think, Tyler Christiansen at Funnel, uh, and with Brent Williams from uh, Multifamily Insiders as a participant, and also Don Beveridge from 20 for 20 as uh, a person who was providing observations about Optic, and some of the things that they brought up and I thought were, were super interesting. And... Uh, you know, some things that came to mind as I was listening to, to their presentation. Uh, I think, so the underlying thing for me at Optech, I think there was, there is, uh, there's something that's very unspoken in a form in a format like that, where you have a tremendous, a tremendous number of uh, vendor partners and suppliers and a limited number of operators and you have this environment that, that's been cooked up by <laughs> sort of the, the changing business cycle, certainly rising interest rates, uh, putting pressure on this. But you're, there is a sense, there was a sense of urgency this year. Uh, if I were to boil this thing down to, to kind of like one word, there, there is a tremendous amount of anxiety on both sides of the equation. And I think Tyler sort of implied that. But there is a tremendous amount of anxiety uh, with partners and suppliers in, and also on the operating side. From the operating side, it's, it's very apparent what the anxiety is. Interest rates have really caused, especially floating rate, uh, rate debt to, to make it much more expensive to operate property, certainly rising insurance costs, certainly uh, in, in some markets like Atlanta, where you have you still have a tremendous amount of supply coming online, uh, you know, rents are stabilizing. You're not, you're not seeing the kind of growth that you did in the past. Um, you've seen inflation on the, the goods and services side and certainly the labor side. So a lot of headwinds for multifamily operators out there on the go forward. And, and, but on the supplier side, I think you're seeing a tremendous amount of anxiety. These are pure speculations on my part. I have no conversations to back this up, <laughs> but my gut tells me that there are, there are so many players in the space now trying to solve problems. Some problems we don't even know we have that we're defining, like we're creating, almost sort of creating a narrative around a problem that isn't necessarily a problem and doesn't need any technology put against it. It just needs hard work or work. Um, but you have all these players in the space attempting to solve problems. And many of the players in the space today are simply, at least as far as I'm concerned, and my, these, these are my opinions, are just simply features of bigger models they don't necessarily need to be standalone solutions to, to issues or concerns. And maybe that's just the way the ecosystem works. You start out as a, a feature, you get gobbled up by a, a little bit bigger player who needs that feature. And then that player curates enough of those little features that they get gobbled up by the next big player and so on and so forth until you're gobbled up one, by one of the four major players in the space. And so some people made a lot of money doing that model. I think the really crappy side of that for an operator is that you get, you get yourself connected with some of these feature what ends up being a feature in a, in a bigger ecosystem and then they sell and then you're kind of left out because you don't you know support that bigger you're not a part of that bigger thing you're not you're not even interested in being a part of that bigger thing so it makes it very noisy for for the operator anyway i'm getting off the subject as it relates to the anxiety so all these suppliers in the marketplace they're all competing for for capital uh vc some some of those uh platforms are actually being funded and uh, congratulations. And I think that's fantastic, but I also think they, they understand where the end of the runway is 
And I think the, the number of rounds uh, that people are willing to participate in are diminishing quite quickly. And, and, it, and again, it's all driven by this business cycle. And I think there is a mad rush. My guess is there is a mad rush. There is a mad rush for everyone in that room that is either a feature or has been sort of absorbed or no, they are a feature and they're, they're attempting to demonstrate their ability to be absorbed by a little bit bigger players. So they can cash that part out and then the next player and so on and so forth. This is just like a big cycle, right? And that's happening. And there's a lot of anxiety in the room to be the darling of the day so that you'll, you'll get that next tranche of funding and, or you will get gobbled up and you can make your exit. Um, that's happening. That consolidation, my guess is in the next 18 months, you go back to that optic room, uh, not 18 months, 24 months. So two optics removed from now, the number of vendor partners, you just take, take the list from this and, uh, Compare and contrast to the list in 26 or 25, and it's going to, who knows, the number of vendor partners that either got absorbed or fell out is going to be big, in my opinion. And there is a lot of anxiety driving that right now, and rightfully so. So my, I guess it's it's a hard thing to say, but it is the right, at least in my opinion, it's the right thing to say that operators definitely want to find solutions to, to combat their pain points, especially as it relates to the cost, but you need to be very careful, very careful about who you create partnerships with because that, that end goal, I always ask the startups like, what is your end goal and what is your timeline? What is your time frame? right? When, you, when are you going to cash out? And I've been upset in the past, right? That that's happened. We, we partnered with somebody and 12 months later, they're selling out. It's selling out so it's sort of a hard way to say that. They're doing what they told their investors they were going to do. So anyway, um, all that's being said, uh, I think it's right to say they're just too... I want to talk about AI. Sorry. I had two thoughts running concurrent in my head. Uh, AI. I, I think AI, I think Dom is right. AI didn't make the splash that everybody thought that it would make. It certainly had the hype that was necessary to... to uh, believe that it would make a bigger impact than it has thus far. Uh, that being said, I think there are a, a lot of interesting things happening behind the scenes as it relates to to how AI will be implemented and how it will impact our industry ultimately. And it, it certainly maintenance is this hard nut to crack. And I agree with Dom in that respect. I do think that there will be some real advancements made in that area of our business. And I think there are some companies out there in the marketplace that are skunk working this, or they have things going on in the garage that none of us know about. And, and I don't, I don't have any of this knowledge. It's me speculating. I think that, um, I think that with all of the data that is making its way into these disparate systems, somebody's going to figure out how to marry that all together. And they're going to figure out how to, a, a way to, create a common structure with that data. Uh, I know there, I know there is a company that's working on that. Uh, I'll, I'll leave them unnamed, but uh, I think that when we finally get a company that is able to structure that data, all data, doesn't matter what the source is, when it gets into that lake, it can get structured in a way very swiftly that it will be the engine behind every 
it will be the engine behind almost every supplier that gets created in the future. They will simply tap into this huge lake. Let's say there is a person out there building the ocean. <laughs> There's a person out there building an ocean of data right now <laughs> from a lot of dis disparate systems, but they're creating in that ocean, they're creating this sort of reef, this ecosystem, right? That that's very alive and thriving and, and creates life for all the things that live in the ocean. And let's say that our multifamily space, we're in that ocean ecosystem somewhere and this, this system is going to bring those things together, bring those pipes together in such a way that all multifamily providers on both sides, this applies to vendor partners, it also applies to operators, are going to be able to tap into these systems in a way that causes a couple of things. It limits the number of vendor partners that are necessary for an operator. If banks and financers of multifamily assets are going to drive our technology need in the future, they will simply say, if you are not on these systems, we will not partner with you. We're not, uh, it's not that we won't sell properties to you, but if this other person has the stack we desire, we're going there. We're not going over here. Uh, so pay attention to where the money's coming from these days. Uh, there are a lot of kingmakers out there in, in the world and pay attention to the kingmakers, pay attention to the VCs that are the companies that the VCs are funded, big VCs, what they're funding and ultimately what lending institutions are going to do for, uh, uh, underwriting and providing debt for multifamily properties. <laughs> so anyway. I don't know how it got off from that, but I think that AI has a, a potential to really impact our, the maintenance side of our business. And I think it is in this way. I think that the more, uh, the more that mechanical, uh, items in an apartment, the more mechanics that become self-diagnosing, let's say your water heater, your stove, your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your microwave, your garbage disposal, your HVAC equipment. All of that stuff becomes smart and it becomes self-diagnosing in advance of the time that a problem is going to happen. That's all done by sensors and, and AI and edge computing. And that self-diagnosis will turn into labor distribution, right? So the AI will know where your labor pool is and it'll know, it'll not only know where your labor pool is, but it will know who has the skill to fix said issue. It will also know if that person has parts and pieces on their vehicle to fix the problem. And it will also know if that person has a good reputation. And based on all of that, the AI will do labor distribution. Even if that labor distribution is from the leasing office or the maintenance shop to the, the apartment, it's going to know so much that it can do the labor distribution with the most efficient, the most efficient nature in mind. And it'll, it'll go so far as to understand how the incentive structure should work for those people who are servicing those needs in, in apartment homes based on customer service rankings and, and efficiency time, speed to fix, and all those sorts of things will be married into that, that algorithm. So I think uh, it's gonna be interesting to see who bakes that in first. And I think the winner here, the winner, winner, <laughs> At the end of the day, right now, if, if I'm a, if I'm a vendor partner 
if I'm a supplier to the multifamily space, I'm doing everything in my power to curate and bring together as much data as I possibly can based on consumer conversations, team member conversations with consumers. So not just the AI with the consumer, but team member to consumer. And then other data sets where consumer behavior is, is uh, best defined, rather, whether that's Amazon or Apple or Microsoft or wherever consumers are engaging in the, work, in the, in the world, all that data, bring it in. Um, and I'm going to figure out who's bringing that data in in a way that maybe I can go buy that data structure from somebody and set it inside of my system. But I'm, I'm going to bet that the, there, this is going to get whittled down to a handful of players that really matter in the next five years. It's going to be whittled down to a handful of players that really matter. And the rest is just going to be fun stuff. You want to not stuff you have to do, but stuff you might want to try. Uh, because it's going to be largely optimized and monopolized by five to seven players that have full stack solutions for everything you could possibly think about optimizing in a, in a multifamily structure, um, in a multifamily operation that is. AI will figure out the labor distribution parts, pieces, inventory management, all of that on the, on the service side. The, the leasing and the administrative side has been in the making for 15 plus years. Uh, so it's, it's finally reaching maturation and it'll finally reach ultimate optimization and whoever, whoever gets to the end of that road the most swiftly and people are already there, um, will actually just sell that service out to the rest of the market and, or they'll sell that recipe book out to the rest of the market and people will just buy it and they'll implement it and be done with it. And and then the work will become about continually optimizing that particular system. And then, uh, and, and that's it. And then bank, lending institutions in my head are going to drive the lion's share of the technology adoption in the future. That and uh, funds, uh, big institutional investors are going to drive that. And operators are, especially in the third party property management space, are just going to be largely. Uh, put in the place of doing it or being put out of the third-party property management business. So it's, uh, I know those are drastic assumptions and drastic estimates, but I think that that is where it's moving. It's going to get there pretty rapidly. I think that the pace of change, you look over the course, you, you can't look at the pace of change over a long bit of time. You have to look at the pace of the change over the last, like in underwriting, sometimes you look at a T12, sometimes you look at a T6, you look at a T3. I think as it relates to the adoption and the evolution of technology, you have to look at a T last 30 days, right? Or T last 60 days or T last 90 days and the advancements that are made in those little short windows of time, especially with AI in the equation and creating software, the rapid pace of evolution is, is picking up and this flywheel is already moving. So the, the idea that it's going to be many years removed from now, I don't think is true. I don't think anybody, any of us can estimate it precisely, but I think it's going to happen a lot faster than people think it will happen. Even the people that work in the business, I think that 
the business of software creation. I think they would tell you we're five to 10 years away, but I, I something, something inside of me tells me it's going to happen much faster than that. It's just too much happening too fast. And there's now too much technology involved in the equation of creation. So it's going to move super rapidly. Okay. I got way off on many different tangents there. Uh, hopefully, um, I, I uh, love this conversation. I hope that we can engage in it and continue to move it forward. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon.